and welcome to the teachings of Co-Church. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus and help you to do the same. We are passionate about real community, so please reach out to us and connect by visiting our website www.co-church.org or joining us in person every Sunday as we gather. We hope this talk is helpful. Isn't it bizarre that we are already talking about Christmas? The seventh day of the 11th month of 2021. And typically speaking, it might be that time of the year where there is a bit of self-assessment going on, where we're looking back, personal endeavors, personal events, maybe it's at a business level, we're doing some assessments and everything of what this time of the year is, has the potential to bring about its own stresses. Now think about, and I want you to consciously do this, and bearing in mind, this might trigger some, but just think about the time that we've had over the past while. This virus that we've been navigating for many, the very real loss that has been incurred, both from a health perspective, from a financial perspective, from a relational perspective, even a faith perspective. You think of the challenges that it has brought to community, of all of the aspects of what life as what we knew it. So there is a collective grief. There is a collective anxiety and uncertainty around the time in which we live. Think about for us more specifically in our KwaZulu-Natal and the unrest that happened just a few months ago. I was talking to somebody about it just recently, and it's amazing how resilient we are as people in this nation that we call home, and how people just kind of got on with it, like got back to things. But you think about those days and trauma and chaos and fear on both sides, okay? This is not one side against the other. I have no intention to bring any politics into this space right now. But those few days were not great. What we saw was we saw the worst, but also we saw the best in people. Now, just recently, we have had an election cycle. And with any election cycle, aren't we always being brought to the attention of the challenges and the wrongs and the difficulties and all the complexities of society in which we live. And then we start to think about school. I mean, November is that time where our kids are in exams, but we're heading towards that season where everything is winding up to wind down. If you are giving conscious thought to past events and situations that might be happening, what could be occurring in your physical being right now is that your heart rate could be increasing. Your breath could be coming a little bit more shallow and hastening. Um, your body is literally going into a state caused by what we would know to be stress or anxiety where it is preparing itself for battle. That's what stress 
anxiety does in our physical bodies. We come into a greater sense of focus. We start to lose the context of the bigger picture and the periphery of life. And we are physically ready to fight or flee. But essentially what is happening is that everything of who we are is tightening up and closing up. We're putting up walls. We're getting into a defensive zone. And we have come into a posture that is closed to receiving. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because what I am hoping to take us on over the next few weeks is a journey of getting us ready to receive. Because we are coming into a time of the year, i.e. Christmas, that it is that time where the gift gets highlighted, both naturally speaking, in our own households, in uh, the world around us, there is the giving, there is the exchanging of gifts. But it is also that one time of the year that even though it's slight part of society's worldview right now, and we know that it is not entirely biblical, it's not entirely historically correct with regards to dates and when Jesus was born, etc., but it is a time of the year where if we were wise, we can capitalize, not in a manipulating type of way, but always to ensure that we bring into consciousness the gift that is Jesus. Now, if we think about gifts, now both naturally and spiritually, there is no greater gift than Jesus. Like, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given to all mankind for all time. In this gift is salvation, to be rescued, to be saved. In this gift is brand new start, slate wiped clean, forgiveness, new formation and new creation. In this gift is life and life in significance and life in purpose and meaning, life eternal. This gift does not fade. This gift doesn't tarnish, doesn't get bleached by the sun, doesn't get broken by a bigger brother or sister. This gift is eternal and it is for everyone and it is life changing. No greater gift than the gift of Jesus. But here's the thing about a gift. A gift is given, not necessarily because of the recipient, but because of the giver. If you think about any gift, now we're not talking about wages that are earned or salary that is earned or reward that is earned. We're talking about gift. A gift is given because of the giver and the love that the giver has towards the one that the gift is being given. But the power in the gift is actually in the receiving, not necessarily in the giving. A gift could be given to you this Christmas. <laughs> Tam has on two occasions, and I think 
now has learned to never do it again, given me a gift of a voucher. The voucher was uh, to play nine holes of golf and uh, I think to go and get like a massage treatment. Those gifts were full of potential. Potential good times, potential relaxation, except maybe the golf would have driven me mad. Uh, But, you know, like there was potential in the gift. But I hadn't fully realized the potential of that gift because I hadn't received it in its entirety and seen its potential realized through my living out what that gift was given. So in me talking about this time of the year, once we have given review to everything that has occurred both collectively personally, what it is that we might be navigating and what could be seen as a collective anxiety, stress, uh, full capacity, time of busyness. What that is doing is that it's bringing us into a posture of being closed in the time now when we should be receiving what this gift is. And what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to talk to us about a posture of openness and receptivity, that the gift, yes, of Jesus, but the gift of life, of family, of friendship, the gift that we have every single day as we are alive, is fully received and therefore fully realized in our life. So I want everybody to just close your eyes, take a deep breath. And I want to talk to us about the power of being grateful. I want to talk to us about the significance of giving thanks. So you will see, again, that prayer and thanksgiving card. And I am going to ask all of us at a time, and if you would like, you can open your eyes because I can see some of you might fall asleep. That's what I used to do at chapel services on a Sunday at boarding school. Close your eye for prayer and have a long prayer. Um, We are going to take a moment this morning, okay, where we're going to give some time for us to consider and to find ourselves exercising that posture of being grateful and giving thanks, okay? The key passage of Scripture that I want us to really anchor ourselves in, and if there is one verse that even throughout this week that you don't worry about any other parts of the Bible, that for just a week solid you go to this passage, read this passage, meditate on this passage, pray this passage, it is Psalm 100. And I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, and this is what it says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. I like how it says, just a joyful noise, because I heard some of your singing this morning. It was definitely just a noise, but it was joyful, so that's a good thing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
or gratefulness. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. He is steadfast. His love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. You will see that statement throughout the Psalms. The Psalms are typically, uh, the authorship is typically given to David. And he speaks of it time and time again. Give thanks because the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Give thanks for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. It actually goes right back to the book of Chronicles. The first time we see that statement and it speaks of David coming into a place of being in the presence of God. And he says, give thanks for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. But notice the order by which thanks is given. Where David speaks to us now in this time and space and in our context, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, not leave his gates with thanksgiving. Now, hopefully there will be some thanksgiving as you leave the gates, but the thanksgiving is at the beginning. That sense of gratefulness and praise is the beginning point. And David doesn't allow us the opportunity to come with a rebuttal that says, well, Dave, you don't know how I'm feeling, what I'm going through. You don't know my circumstances. And so what is there to be thankful for? He states, declares, enter with thanksgiving. Make a conscious choice to be in a place of gratefulness. The Bible, the Word of God, living truth. Now, I want to quote to you from a book that I've been reading, um, and it's a neuroscientist. And so now we're getting into the realm of pure psychology and biology, okay? Just a disclaimer, this is not new age philosophy. This is talking science and what actually occurs in our body. But listen to what this person says about certain emotions. Emotions like gratitude and appreciation open our heart and lift the energy of our body. Science tells us that our body is energy. We have electro waves taking place in our body from our brain. When those neurons are firing together, there is actual energy, science, not philosophy, not new age, but actual biology Energy occurring and emotions, which I like how he describes emotions. Emotions are energy in motion. And they come from our thoughts. So it says, or he says, um, these emotions like gratitude and appreciation open our heart and lift the energy of our body. Gratitude or giving thanks is one of the most powerful emotions in increasing our suggestibility our receptivity, our mold ability, our plasticity. It teaches our body emotionally that the event we're grateful for has already happened. Since we typically give thanks after a desired event and not before. Okay, just to elaborate a little bit on that. Okay, what he is speaking about is that our mind and our body are not entirely aware of time and space. They can be dictated to. 
In other words, when something occurs in our life, most typically a trauma, what takes place is that our brains are delivering a message to our bodies in preparation to navigate the trauma. And so chemicals are being released. And essentially, it's almost like a timestamp happens in our physical being through that event. And then what can occur is after the event, as we ponder and think of that event, our bodies do not know that it was in the past because essentially the power of our mind is transporting us to that event and our bodies are experiencing it in this present moment as if it was happening then. So timestamp occurs. So what he's now speaking about is the elevated emotions of gratefulness and thanksgiving after an event, which is typically what we do, right? Like a good thing happens, afterwards we contemplate, we think about it, and actually we can go back to that good event. Now listen to what he says, which is pretty cool, okay? Which is what I wanted to highlight this morning. Um... If we start bringing up the emotion of gratitude before the event, our body will begin to believe that the future event has already happened or is happening in our present moment. So time travel does exist, but it just happens to be in our mind but our bodies can experience what is taking place in our mind. Think about when you go to the movies. I am not a scary movie fan whatsoever. Uh, I get scared quite easily. But isn't it amazing how you can sit in a movie and know this is not real, but our bodies experience it as if it is because it is the power of the mind to effect our biology. Even just last night, I had a dream. It wasn't a pleasant dream. I woke up with an accelerated heart rate, with an awareness, and I had to physically get out of bed because I thought something was happening, but it was just a dream. Specifically, we're chemically instructing our body to know what our mind has philosophically known. We could say, that we are in a new future in this present moment. We are no longer using emotions to anchor us to the past because that's what takes place. We get anchored in the past through the power of our thinking. Now, that's not to say we just put our head in the sands and pretend like stuff didn't happen. And remember, I am a pastor, not a psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor. So I'm not giving you advice in this realm, but just speaking to you of the power of our thinking. We are no longer using emotions to anchor us to the past. We are now using elevated emotions to drive us into a new future. That was science and biology written by a neuroscientist. Let me bring you back to the word of God. And it very simply says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, metamorphosized, 
Change your state of being by the renewing of your mind. The Bible is truth in this area of our life, particularly around thanksgiving and gratitude. I want us to highlight thanksgiving and gratitude for the future, not for what has taken place in the past. See, what we focus on is typically what we get and where we go. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been into the snow. I only saw the snow for the very first time in my life at the age of 20, but it was at that stage that I went on a snowboarding trip in Europe. We were living in the UK at the time. Uh, I think I got a flight for like 25 pounds, which is a joke. Um, But the key instruction to me when it came to snowboarding was to ensure that wherever I looked is where I would go. It wasn't so much what my feet were doing or my arms were doing. It was what my focus was doing. And the classic scenario took place where after a couple of days, I grew up surfing. I felt like I had some good balance in my snowboarding. And so I was going down the mountain and my friends were coming past in the ski lift and I thought I would just show off a little bit. And so I kind of did this cool move, which was not cool at all, but I thought it was cool. But in my cool move, there was a, an elderly lady who was skiing past me. And I knew I needed to not hit her. But because I kept her in my focus, that's where I ended up going. And I took her out properly wasn't a great conversation afterwards. But the key thing in snowboarding, the key thing in life is what we focus on is typically what we get and where we go. And so for us, we are going to be more Christ-focused and righteousness-focused than sin-focused. Not that we're not going to talk about sin, but we are going to talk far more about light than we are darkness. Because if you want to get out of the darkness, the worst thing you can do is continue to look at the darkness. The best thing you can do is to find the light. So where we focus is where we go. Now, speaking about gratefulness into the future, listen to this. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 15, this is the incredible story of multiplication taking place through the loaves and fish. I want you to notice where the thanksgiving took place. He told the crowd to sit down in verse 36. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and distributed amongst the people. And there were leftovers. What I love is there's so much in this account. There's abundance in this account. There's provision in this account. There's Jesus even having a go at his followers because they were like, here's the problem, Jesus. And he's like, I don't need you to bring up the problem, find the solution. Uh, But then he's like, I am the solution. But Jesus didn't give thanks after the multiplication. He didn't give thanks and be grateful for the event that was in the past. Jesus gave thanks for what was about to take place in the future. And that power of prayer, that power of thanksgiving, that power of being grateful, not just for things that have happened, but that we believe will be happening. 
just try go into a little space where you are, even if it just means just closing your eyes and just being. What I want you to do is this. I want you to get yourself into a place of thanksgiving. And I love that shifting of language, um, even thinking on the good things. And even if it means to begin with going to a past event, can I want you to try to be specific with what it is that you're currently facing that might be defined as a challenge. And what I mean by that is, is okay, maybe right now, because of the tensions of life, which are very real for many, Perhaps there is a difficulty in your marriage right now, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to go back to a moment, envisage it that it was a good moment, and get to that place of being grateful for that moment. And then I want you to move into being thankful and grateful for what is to come, okay, in the future. So it's almost like you're going back to find that sense of gratefulness. But then I want you to be specific and write it down to give thanks and be grateful for what is to come in the future. And be intentional about it and specific. So again, if it's your marriage right now where you're finding complexity and tension, go back, find some gratefulness, and then put a stake in the ground of thankfulness and gratefulness for what is to come into your marriage. Thank you for connecting with us. If you have any questions about today's teaching or anything else, please email us on hello at co-church.org or visit us on our website on www.co-church.org. We gather in person every Sunday here in Umklali on the north coast of KwaZulu-Natal and you are so welcome to join us. Until next time, my name is Klo Mklongo. Ujehova magakbusisi. Agulondolozi. Magakanyi subusubaki pezkwako. May God bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you.